What's up, guys? Happy Friday. Hopefully you all have some good plans to get out in the outdoors this weekend. The weather is changing quick. It's getting them cold mornings, cold nights, I'm getting them deer on their feet. It's happening, man. It's come it came quick, man. I'm uh just got back from a deer camp up there in northern Michigan. Uh success. Punched two tags. I had a blast. Uh I I it was the highlight of my season so far. And I, I don't know how I don't think anything can top that. So I, I really appreciate all the friends and all that I met up there and especially want to thank Matt, Pat, Jason, and Wyatt for helping me pull them deer out of the woods. I don't know how I could have done it without you guys. So I really appreciate that. And I appreciate all the new listeners, man. You guys have been killing it on the numbers lately, man. So if you guys want to hear anything or talk about anything, let me know. Just reach out to me, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Just let me know. We'll try to get it on the bracket. So this episode, I have my good friend Ben Cooper. He's a friend of the show. Um, he's been on a couple times, so we keep in contact pretty recently. So, like, we communicate a lot. So I just thought he bring him on and then kind of tell him how he's breaking down his season and what he got planned for. So to see the progress of his season is going to be really awesome. So, I mean, we kind of go into some of his tactics and his tips and what we've been doing, but it's just a good old fashioned kind of bullshit and conversation. So it's a really good one. I appreciate everybody being here. Uh, if anybody can do me a favor, go to the app store or to write a review for Apple or on Spotify, leave a five star if you can, that helps with boost us numbers and all that. If not, just tell somebody um, about the podcast or share the podcast. That'd be greatly appreciated. Hopefully you guys enjoy. Thank you for listening. This is the Generations to Hunt podcast, where the goal is to learn together and further the culture of hunting. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Generations to Hunt podcast. I got a special friend of the show, Ben Cooper. What's up, man? What's going on, man? Not much. Just really enjoying the hunting season's back. Yeah, it is awesome to be in a tree stand. Yeah. Well, I guess a saddle for me. but Yeah, saddle for me yeah. so far. Uh, the other night, Sunday night, I went out. And it was just, just perfect. The weather is so nice, and then I got to see turkeys deer coyotes i mean had everything out there got to see a shooter buck it was uh, no shot at anything but it was like one of those sits where you're like felt good serenity basically yeah yeah, yeah. do you ever get a fall turkey tag or no i was just thinking about that i forgot to pick one up i need to see if there's any leftovers um because I was thinking about that when I was out there and I had this flock of hens come out. Uh, there was no toms with them, but I did see a tom pop his head up several hundred yards away on a neighboring uh, bean field. And I'm like, ooh, I should probably pick up a tag because that property that I was at, there are a lot of turkeys in the area. 
Um, so I should probably have one in my pocket just in case. Yeah. I got my first turkey with a bow during fall. It's a turkey. So yeah, it was, that's what, and I, I always pick one up. I, I always pick one up. I'm like, oh, whatever. If I see one, if I see one, but mm-hmm. this year I haven't really seen that many, but we'll see. So, I mean, you know, we talk a lot here and there and all that, but what, what's your like main focus this year? I mean, have you been going after like certain targeted bucks or have you just been like, you know, more public land or private land? Uh, not targeting well kind of there was only one buck that i had on camera which was on state land that um i'd like to try to get a shot at uh he's pretty good for for state land around here anyways um besides that i haven't run a lot of trail cameras because i kind of wanted this year to just be fun not have too many high expectations other than like just get better as a hunter like try learning how to be aggressive and um, see what I can learn from that. And like, I know that if I, you know, make good decisions about, you know, how I hunt, I should have opportunities at bucks at some point. And, uh, but I'm not after a certain number of inches or whatever. I'm just really hoping for a three-year-old or older. And that's about it. Um, Unless a really nice two-year-old, you know, comes out and gives me an easy shot. I might take him, but, uh, I've already seen some two-year-olds this year that I'm like, mm, he comes in range, he's he's getting the pass. Right. So, yeah, just trying to go after older deer mostly. and But, yeah, not putting too much pressure on myself to try to kill a specific deer. So I'm just trying to have fun with it. Do you have any, uh, like, like public or private, like, do you, it doesn't matter on your age structure right there if it was like – um. Is it any different to you? Like, oh, if he was on public, I would shoot him, but he's on private? I would say a little bit. It's still pretty similar. Um, I can't uh, – maybe a really good two-year-old on on state land, I'm, I'm going to take him. Uh, but on private land, he's probably going to get a pass because um, I'd really like to go after, you know, a three-year-old or older. Uh so it does have play into it a little bit, but even when I'm on state land, my goal is still to to try to get on some three year old or better deer, which is tough to do, um, you know. So just the fact that I found one decent, I think three year old um, on camera was pretty good. I, you know, like I've seen maybe one deer three year old or better in the last two years on state land. Um, but some two-year-olds, like ones that would have been pretty tempting had I been able to get a shot at them. But um, you know how it goes. It's bow hunting. Right. Yeah. I mean, how, how did your open season or opening day weekend go? I mean. Uh, opening day, opening weekend was a lot of fun. So uh, I went up north uh, with a buddy to his grandpa's property. Um, he's got uh, 120 acres up in uh, Alpena County. And then his dad owns 40 acres uh, right next door to it. So we have a total of 160 acres that we can hunt up there. And it bunts up to a bunch of state land to the east of it. And, uh, yeah, we just went up there. Um, He had to wait to get out of work on Friday. So we went up Friday night. And uh, we sat Saturday morning 
and we both saw deer. I saw a lot more deer than he did. Uh, I think he only saw one doe, but I think I saw eight deer, including a decent two-year-old buck. Um, that would have been tempting for me, but um, he only came. He was actually pestering some does, kind of acting a little ruddy. Right. The does were getting super annoyed with him, and uh, he was following this one through the woods about she she brought him within about 40, 45 yards of me, and I didn't realize that it was a buck until I saw through a little opening, and then I pulled my binos up just to get a closer look, and I was like, oh, it's a decent two-year-old eight-point. Uh, he'd be tempting for me, but she ended up taking him away from me, and then uh, I did see him one more time later that morning. Uh, he was actually trying to follow these does back to their bedding area, which they were coming across right in front of me 15 yards so i was thinking that he would follow them um but then this one doe that was really annoyed with him like ran back at him and like faced off with him and he decided to just turn and go the other way (laughs) it was pretty interesting yeah kind of fun to watch it almost like watching rut activity but it's you know really not it's just he's a young yeah you know (laughs) buck that thinks that as soon as the weather gets good the weather gets cold. It's, it must be time, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, have you ever hunted that property before? Yeah. Uh, so I didn't get it to go up there last year. I don't think. No, I just had too much going on last year. I didn't make it up. But the year before, which was the first year that uh, his grandpa owned that property, he bought it that year. I went up for two or three weekends. And now hunting up there is, is pretty darn good. Like, we... It, we see deer just about every sit for the most part, and there's a lot of deer in the area. Um, we had an early rut hunt there two years ago, um, and like this one morning, there was, I think we were up there with five of us, uh, and everybody got to see good rut action uh, the one morning that we were up there, and uh one guy got a shot at a buck that or that morning. Um, we ended up losing that deer. Bad hit. Not sure what happened. Um, but and then he ended up getting a doe later on. So that was like the first time I was like, "Wow, the deer hunting up here is pretty good." Like because that that morning I saw a group of does run 80 yards from me. Actually, like 20 yards from the tree I was sitting in the day, night morning before, <laughs> and then I had to watch. Uh, buck after buck follow those does on that same path you know the first one is probably a year and a half old six point then like a decent two-year-old eight point and then probably a three-year-old eight point that was following him he i tried to grunt him in snort wheeze he got interested but ultimately he decided to just put his nose down and keep following those does because there had to have been a hot one in that group damn um so that it's it's some good hunting up there. It's a lot of fun, and it's just fun for the camaraderie, yeah. you know, getting to stay up there. Unfortunately, his grandpa's actually selling the place now, um, so I think this past opening weekend is the the last um, chance that we'll get to go up there. I mean, his dad's gonna probably hold on to his uh, forty for a little bit, but um, there's no place to stay on it. Yeah. Uh, so his, his grandpa actually had a, like a house and a barn and stuff on there that we, you know, they had rooms to stay. Right. Um, his dad didn't have anything up there, so it'd have to be, you know, like hauling a camper up there and everything. And obviously there's a lot less room right. for guys 
<clears throat> there now. And, uh, you know, him and his brothers and his dad and his uncle who co-owns it with his dad, they're kind of going to get preference for that kind of stuff. So, I mean, they might still invite me up, which would be cool. I'd still like to go for the camaraderie, even if I have to go hunt the state land that's close by. But um, kind of a bummer that it's getting split up like it is. Yeah, yeah, that always throws everybody in a loop, just, just happens. And it's hard to, like, recover because you're like, uh, what do I do now? Yeah, I know, and it's a bummer because it, it was good hunting. Yeah. Like, you know, and his his dad's 40 is good hunting. Uh, I mean, that's where I hunted mostly um, this past weekend, and, you know, I saw a ton of deer, and, um, but, you know, you get when you more can. than, you get more than two guys on there, then, you know, it's just not going to be as good. Yeah. And the Orange Army's pretty heavily up there in LPA. Yeah during that time so yeah like i i don't think i've hunted up there during the regular gun season i stayed down here um for the regular gun season the last couple of years uh, i think they went up there uh you know actually during muzzleloader season two years ago my body my buddy got an eight point up there during the muzzleloader we did go up for that and that was a good weekend too yeah. but uh I love that muzzleloader season. Well, I don't know about now with the straight walls in there. Yeah, well, up there it's still uh, regular regular muzzleloaders. It's just the zone three, right? That's oh, so yeah, you're you're a little bit above me because like mine, you can use straight walls, like okay, right, right there. So well, I think that's zone three plus a few counties. Okay, yeah, for for that muzzleloader season, anyways, that they allow you to use the. Straight. Any legal firearm yeah, for I'm, that zone. I'm in a, a. Is it not? It's not CWD zone. Is it DMU unit and all that? Mm-hmm. Like the whatever disease management unit. So you, we can use straight walls or or whatever is legal during right. muzzle odor and stuff. Yeah. So they kind of. I don't know, man. I like the muzzle odor feeling. You know. I mean. Yeah. And I, actually, first buck I ever killed was during muzzleloader season, so it's kind of a special thing for me, right? You know, to think about that. Granted, and that was down here in in Zone Three, but um, it's a little bit different now. Not that I don't mind taking my three fifty out on uh, you know one of my you know properties where I can kill a couple of does and you know get the freezer filled up good. Right. That's nice to have a little bit longer time with that because that three fifty can reach out. Yeah. I, I I'm gonna pick one of them. The 450 Bushmaster, it's an it's a okay bull. It's a okay. I think it's just more. It's more bark than anything. You know, it's a loud gun. It's yeah. It's straight up loud. I my my 2020 buck. I used the 450 that I borrowed from a buddy, and it's the the Ruger, and it's got that big muzzle brake on it. Yeah, and it works great. Recoil isn't that bad. I was used to shooting a slug gun before. Right. But I did not like how loud it was. No. I mean, I didn't have ear pro with me. I would just, uh, you know, never yeah. did before. The shotguns were using the adrenaline, bad. just muffles everything. But even with the adrenaline, I remember specifically this sucker is loud. Yeah, and, you know, and I killed the buck, and it was awesome. And I had to take some follow up shots because I spined him. And afterwards, my ears were just yeah. ringing. And I wasn't even in a blind or anything. I was in the wide open. Um. Yeah, so, but the 350 is that's a sweet shooter. Yeah, that's a sweet gun, man. I, I, I've been debating about going into an AR platform with that, or just getting a straight bolt action. But yeah, I just 
don't know where I want to be at. Like, I, I kind of just want to just do the AR platform for money's sake, just get a barrel and just swap out mags, you know, right. all that. But it would be sweet to probably have a really nice bolt action and all that. Yeah, I I wanted to get – I got one last year because I finally decided, like, I had borrowed uh, a buddy's Savage, the Axis 2, a few years ago, and he let me use it for the late uh, doe season, and I killed the doe with that, and I really liked it. And last year I decided, all right, I really, I definitely want to get one. But at the time they were really hard. Like the pickings were slim oh, yeah. on options. So I went to uh, Williams and Davison and like they had very few options. They had, they had the Savage, but at the time Savage was changing out like their, the way their scope bases uh, were shaped or the screws or something. And so they didn't even have any scope bases or screws that I could use. <laughs> so I'm like, so I can't even mount a scope on this so it's useless even though i like the gun for like the money i looked at the ruger but it wasn't as nice as the 450 that they make the far the, the 450 the ranch model right um i really didn't like it in the 350 for whatever it just seemed like the action was pretty rough yeah um but then they they had a uh, cva scout v2 which is a break action um and it's actually a really nice gun. It's stainless, got a threaded barrel, so I can put a can on it if I want. Um, still got it's got a twenty inch barrel, but it's still super short because of that break action. So yeah. it's really handy for like in a tree, like in a saddle. It's really easy to maneuver around and everything. And uh, I really liked it, so I picked that up, and that's what I've been using for for gun season now. What's the price point on that? I think I paid three seventy five for oh, that's it. Not bad yeah, at all. That's, yeah, no, and stainless steel and. I hunt in the rain and the snow and yeah. all that. So I like that I don't have to worry about it, you know, rusting or nothing. So it was a sweet deal at the time. Did that come with rings though on it? It came with base. I still had to buy some, or I threw some old rings on it. Right. Um, which they ended up, the scope kept shifting on me last year, it actually cost me a dough. So I put better rings on it this year. And so far I haven't had any issues and that, uh, so I took that same gun out with a buddy uh, for the early doe season, and uh, we got him his first doe. I let him borrow that, and 160 yards, dropped her on the spot. So That's so awesome, man. I'm really looking forward to get that gun. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run my can. I can run my can through there. Yeah. So I'm real, that's what I'm really looking forward to. I, I need to get one because that is just going to be too yeah. sweet. Dude, they're, yeah, dude. And my other one, I just got the call for my one i did it for a, a buy one get one free last year oh I, yeah i should have i should have jumped on that deal when it was happening yeah i'm kicking myself and i just got the call that 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 one came in sweet so uh, but it was a long time I mean, yeah that's a, that's a long time you did the e-form on that yeah i did it 110 days and that still took that long did you cause well you no no, no, no 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 i silencer co shipped that one out it took silencer code that long to get it to me oh, okay like, well, i mean now i have to do the the tax the stamp now i have to wait for the tax stamp oh now. geez so it literally almost took it's probably gonna be longer than, it's gonna be a whole year since i bought that yeah, which one. is about as long as yeah, it used I, to take I, it's all right i mean it was like a buy one get i understand like yeah the, they had probably a lot of supply chains and mm -hmm. all that but it was still a hell of a deal i mean i got a $500 suppressor for free. So. so which two did you get? I got the, that on this one I bought, this time I bought the, the Mega 36M. 
Okay. So the multi-caliber mm-hmm. one. And then the the Octane 45, I want to say. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so that one's basically... You get a, that one would probably be moving mostly like all pistol setups and yeah. all that. So I'm going to run from basically 9 millimeter. I, I think I got a couple 45s that I can run through it, but mm-hmm. it's mostly going to be a 9 millimeter, or I can run it on my 300 Whisper. Oh, so. Sweet. But I think I'll probably mostly run that all on my pistols and then keep all the the Omega and the, the rest of them. So. Yeah, because you can run that on a lot of different yeah, guns. Yeah. And, like, the multi-calibers are, like, they're not super quiet for, like, that. But, like, I just like the you know, the versatility that you can ju- I can put it on a, you know, a yeah. 300. I can put it on my 6.5 PRC. I can put it on fucking everything almost well yeah until you get into big bore and stuff but it goes up to three uh 338 lapua so that's a pretty big fucking bullet oh uh, yeah. yeah yeah that's so which you can handle that at 350 obviously your bore diameter is going to be good for that too yeah. i was looking at one it's the silencer co it's the omega i can't remember if it's the 9k yeah. uh you can do nine mil uh 300 blackout supers and 350 out of it yeah i think i think that's the one and i was looking at that um that might be the one i end up getting if i do um because yeah that would just be sweet because yeah. i've got several nine mil handguns i've got the 350 and that's really what i want it for yeah i mean and it's like it's not gonna be like so quiet like no the deer are obviously gonna probably pick it up or in a sense i, I yeah it's more for like my own yeah. hearing because i already have hearing damage yeah. from all the years of power tools mm-hmm. and shooting guns and stuff like that and i already already have pretty bad you know tinnitus or tinnitus whatever yeah and i just i'm trying to preserve it at this it, point right and then i think it will help too for maybe a kid's sake too yeah and that's so it's not such a concussion yeah that was the big reason i didn't want to buy a 450 because my boy is getting closer to the age where he can start shooting and go hunting my wife is wanting to get uh into doing a little bit of hunting she did take her hunter safety this year so we're gonna try to get her out so and i was thinking ahead when i bought that 350 i'm like you know i want this to be a family gun too and I'd shot the 450 and the 350, and to me, like the 350 was the way to go because performance-wise, does everything I needed to do. It's not nearly as much muzzle blast, less recoil, so it's going to be a way better beginner gun uh, for my son and you know my daughters once they're old enough, and you know for my wife. And you throw a can on it, it's going to be super tame, and that's yeah. Thinking ahead, I was like, yeah, that's by far the best choice yeah for sure yeah i mean for a moment too when when you were talking about buying that it's like you could find the guns you could find the gun yeah. almost but you couldn't even find the ammo for yeah moment. it was tough like i was lucky uh i think at the time you could they would let you buy like two boxes when you bought the gun when you bought the gun and that was it right. like i think they were only allowing you to oh no i think it was ben's and marlette they would only allow you to uh buy ammo if you bought the gun and it was only two boxes yeah. uh, but i think they were just like a two box limit williams was uh at the time but now there's they got tons of it up there at least last time i was there and i've picked up a few different loads and i was at the range not too long ago trying out a few different loads and reciting in the scope after i put the new scope rings on it and everything and 
so it was nice to have some options and um they even had like the the target stuff the winchester white box yeah I just used that to get it close and then i tried like the the federal it's in the blue box i think it's the powerpoint it's 180 grain soft point and i tried the hornady custom 165 grain ftx and i still got some of the hornady uh 170 grain american whitetail the soft points and i got it sighted in where basically all three of those loads will work out to 200 yards and uh so and they all shoot good and what's your what's your max distance with that that you feel comfortable it's a well i've only shot it out to 100 on the range so i've never been able to confirm like what my drop is at 200 i mean according to like the box um for the loads i'm using they all are say like you have a 100 yard zero it's like 4.2 to 4.7 inches to drop at 200 depending on the load so i sight in for two and a half inches high at 100 and expect about two inches low at 200 that's what i expect um and i feel like that's like a good like medium range to just have it zeroed at and that way i can just basically put it right in the kill zone and not have to hold high hold low or anything out to 200 so i'd say at this point without shooting it on paper further i'm pretty confident shooting it out to about 200 yeah that's that's a poke i mean it's not a poke but i mean I, that's a good distance yeah. i mean i mean i mean I, I shot two does at 170 last year and that went pretty well yeah um so and that one doe was at 160 this year that my buddy shot with it and like I said dropped her on the spot so yeah, that's awesome yeah. it's a it's a good round it's a really i really i really wish that round would have came out before the 450 and then yeah. I, when i bought the 450 yeah i i'm glad i didn't go ahead and buy it i was yeah. like uh wasn't i liked it a lot but um i just kept borrowing buddy's guns because yeah. you know, <laughs> i don't gun hunt a lot so i couldn't justify yeah. at the time you know buying a new gun i just take my either my muzzle loader or my slug gun out for the little bit of gun hunting that i do um like i said though with you know the boy my boy getting older and my wife wanting to get into it i'm like all right probably need like a little bit better gun for this and 350 was just perfect yeah i definitely like last two years i mean touched a gun i don't even think it for deer you know Mm -hmm. i mean so this year i'm gonna try I'm going to try it with, like, I I probably won't buck hunt with it, but definitely does. Oh, yeah. It's, like I said, the combination of that gun and this one property uh, that I have up in Fostoria, which is a doe factory, um, I I feel very confident that I can feel the freezer uh, during the either gun, uh, muzzle loader, which you can use a straight wall cartridge down here, uh, or the late doe. so that's it's a freezer filler for me yeah um, and talking about that because you were saying about your freezer getting dangerously low yeah and what what does your family intake in deer a year so i killed four deer last year and we're just about out um so and you know our kids are getting bigger they're eating more we've got another one on the way so <laughs> my wife's like, you're going to have to probably kill five or six this year to, for us to like make sure we make it till next season. So that's kind of the goal. Um, it's five or six deer. And hoping to get two buck tags filled and then four does. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Might it just be one buck tag and five does or 
Bordeaux, something like that. Yeah, that's sweet. I mean, like I was talking to somebody, just like the price of meat yeah. right now is just insane. I was like, it was like this past weekend, and I had some luck, and I was like, man, that just like takes a lot of stress off. Yeah, it's just like, oh, it was really nice because to not have to buy any beef over this past year, like we haven't bought any beef. Uh, because we used to buy a quarter of a cow every year, and that would last us about a year, um, and we haven't, we didn't even have to do that, so that saved us, you know, a lot of money. Well, you know, unless, yeah. you don't don't <laughs> count the gas money, don't count the ammo, don't count the tags, yeah, processing. But, yeah. um, it's, but really, it kept us from having to go to the store when the meat prices were yeah real high. I mean, it's like a thing. It's like. We're gonna do this no matter what. Yeah. I mean, so it's it it substitute for the cost of meat, you know. Yeah. I mean? So yeah, I'd rather fucking kick myself in, out in the woods than go buy a cow. You know, oh yeah, it's, it's yeah, totally worth it. Yeah. Um, it's a nice bonus. What's your favorite meal in venison? Hmm. I mean. Just backstrap on the grill. Oh, really? Seasoned up, just and just whole backstrap, and then uh, slice it up thin. Do it medium rare. It's so good. Do you do? You, have you ever cooked it? Like, basically, got it to. I've seen some people like they'll cook the whole thing, and then like not, they just get it like the color, and then they slice it, and then they f- fully cut. Uh, yeah, I've had it that way, and that's good, but. I, I don't know. I just prefer leaving it in whole big chunks and okay. just, uh, you know, either doing like a reverse sear or forward sear yeah. on the grill and then, you know, with some seasoning on the outside of it and then just let it rest for, you know, 10 minutes or so and then slice it nice and thin. And oh, it's amazing. <laughs> Sweet. Um, so what have you been basically hunting off of right now? Like, what sign have you been? Is it like past history data that you've been hunting the most off of, or is it more just? Uh, well, as far as my uh, private land spots go, it's off previous history with those uh, those properties and just understanding kind of how the deer use it. Uh, on state land, it's been a little bit of trail cam data. Not much. I'm not running many trail cams. Um, a little bit of historical like experience that I've had in spots that are just usually good. Um, and then uh, kind of from once I kind of get through using that up, um, like later on in the year, I try to be more adaptable because things change so much. So it's going to be based more off of like fresh sign and stuff like that. Um, so right now I'm still... Um, kind of had a, a spot where I had a, a buck that I was going after messed up from some other hunting pressure. So I'm going to try to hunt that buck, uh, by adjusting to the hunting pressure and how I think the deer are going to be responding to it. Um, and just see how that goes. And it's probably going to be, I, there's a couple of spots I can think of that I, I know I need to go into scout my way in. And if the sign looks right. Um, and there, I'm not seeing like other hunter pressure signs then that I'll like set up and just see what happens. 
Yeah. When you're in these public land spots, are you seeing a lot of presets already? Is that how you're adjusting or physically seeing the hunter there? Uh, mostly I'm running into guys' presets, their cameras, uh, flagging tape. If it's like newer flagging tape, you know, I pay attention to that. Older stuff is hit or miss. Some guys might still be using it. Some guys maybe just used it one year and they, they left it and it's just still there littered all over the place. Um, so... Uh, yeah, it's mostly, yeah, the presets, flagging tape, cameras, stuff like that I pay attention to, or even making sure I'm paying attention to, like, if there's boot tracks and, and stuff like that. Um, and then even where guys park, I pay attention to where people are parking a lot. Yeah. What's up with the flagging tape, man? I don't... <laughs> I don't... I hate it. Have you ever used it? No. I've never used it. I... No, I, I'd rather people use thumbtacks yeah that's i've seen it looks so it it just looks like trash strewn all throughout the woods and guys don't take it down at the end of the year they just leave it up it gets all brittle and tattered and it starts blowing all over the place and you Mm -hmm. got these pieces of plastic just all over and i i don't like it other than it kind of lets me know where they're at and hunting and i i you know adjust my my sits and everything based off of that but you know I, i still don't really like it no it's like pink pink or orange or whatever yeah. sometimes yellow but like I, i'm just like why they have it like marked all the way I'm like like how do you not know where your stand is yeah. I, I understand you can get turned around really easy but sure. like, yeah if you're... but but now we have such like advanced technology I dude i was using onyx religiously when i was up north this year like mm-hmm. i was like i was like thinking and i had my garmin in reach with me just to talk to people if i because i have no self-service mm-hmm. but i was like there's no way people can get lost now almost like without if you if you do your due diligence yeah there's no excuse for it like like there's sometimes i i got turned around and i just like looked at my phone and i was like oh no i just gotta turn quarter Mm -hmm. you know this way and just go straight in here but i mean i I don't understand why you need and i never understand thumbtacks i mean maybe to find that one tree but i'm not trying mm-hmm. to fucking blow the whole woods up with my light no during the morning no well it's like there's so many spots where if like you're going in the morning or you're coming out at night and you you turn your headlamp on or shine a flashlight and there's just tacks everywhere and you just like well there's not even the discernible trail here so many different guys have so many different thumbtack trails set up and then as soon as you turn the light on they're just everywhere and it's like it's not doing you much good (laughs) (laughs) uh i mean but man whoever's making them is making a killing off of them yeah guys are buying them by the you know boxes i mean every year it's it's crazy i mean i don't know i I just i just see it sometimes and i'm like wow i I just think some of the stuff would just just fade out but yeah well i think the thumbtacks they last a long time so like a lot of those probably that i've seen or probably are before onyx and stuff like that was readily available um whereas the flagging tape that deteriorates over time so a lot of that is still fairly recent yeah um and i still don't like i said get the the flagging tape it's pretty annoying and looks like mm-hmm. trash and um yeah. especially when like people get so mad about other hunters be like like well don't tell them where you're at yeah like you know, try try to be most invisible as you can. Yeah, but we well, I'm not the type of guy that like, oh, I see flagging tape, 
therefore I need to go over there because there must be good deer. I'm like, well, I'm going to adjust what I'm doing based off right. what I assume the, pre- you know, he's putting pressure on that spot. So I'm going to try to hunt this area a little bit different based on that, which it's, it's helpful. I mean, I think of a, of a specific day, uh, last year I was out on state land. It was during muzzleloader season. Um, and I wanted to do kind of like some still hunting slash tracking. We had just a little bit of snow to where I thought I could, you know, do some tracking. And, uh, you know, I'm starting off in a lot of the uh, bottom areas around like bedding areas around swamps, trying to pick up tracks and stuff like that. And I was picking up tracks, but I was also picking up boot tracks. Um, and just looking around, I was seeing a lot of lines of flagging tape going towards these, these points where you know are good bedding areas but you're seeing flagging tape going right towards them you're seeing preset stands all over and these all, all the low areas around the swamps like everybody's hunting the swamps and i was noticing that and i remember thinking like these deer have been so pressured down in these around these swamps and around these lakes and the rivers and stuff that at this point in the season they've got to have moved and been, try to avoid those low areas now so i need to start getting up high and, uh, as soon as I, and so I started headed right towards a ridge, um, where I wanted to gain some elevation and just see what's up there. And this was no more than five minutes after thinking that and making the decision to go up high. Um, I'm making my way up this ridge and it's a fairly open ridge that I'm walking up. So I'm not expecting anything to be there, but then out of like this little depression jumps a doe and a really nice 10 point easily four-year-old deer Mm. or better nicest deer i've ever seen on state land they jump up they're a little over 100 yards out probably and they start running uh my left to right along about the top third line of the ridge and i you know i pull my gun up and i try to get on him and i can only get it on enough to tell that i can see his right side and i'm like 10 point side or a five point side so i'm assuming 10 point if he's symmetrical and probably like a 140 maybe better deer i was like whoa (laughs) so uh so that was just kind of cool seeing the immediate result of like reading the sign the hunter sign making an adjustment to it and within five minutes i'm within the vicinity of deer and some good ones or at least a good one um and i ended up trying to track them but um up higher where the like the canopy was off at this point and so the sun was starting to melt off the snow towards uh like the upper part of this ridge so they got to a point where i couldn't follow tracks anymore and i wasn't able to get back on them and but and, uh, and they like boogered out of it like, yeah they, they were, were they were, they saw me coming and they they ran yeah so um, god i bet you in your head like you know how that that one split second like the, sometimes they stop to look at you to make to confirm it i bet you're but, like please do that please, i was please, but, please 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 but they didn't they, I know. they were they were definitely getting out of the area so i i followed i went up tried to find their tracks and there was a lot of you know tracks in general up there at the elevation that they were at so it was hard to discern um you know, what was them and what was just a lot of other deer moving through the area. And like I said, it was, you know, it's like soft ground, right. not really any snow left any up there anymore. So, um, I wasn't able to get on any, what I could tell was for sure fresh tracks. And, um, so I lost, you know, where they went and, um, like I have an idea of where that buck is living if he's alive. Um, but going to be, 
and I haven't done any hunts to try to get eyes on him yet this year, but I do plan on it, and uh, I'm just hoping he made it. Yeah. Um, I probably should have set up some cameras, but in that area, I almost guarantee my cameras would get stolen. Yeah. That's <laughs> such a shame. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll go back to that still hunting thing for a little bit. Have you yeah. done a lot of that? or No. Um, that really last year was the first time I decided to give it a try. Actually, the first, well, let's think here. The first time I really tried it was last year uh, in Montana when I back, went back during the rifle season um, for a little bit, and I did some uh, tracking in the snow with the guy that I had made a connection with out there, and we were tracking mule deer. We had had some fresh snow overnight, and uh, I was able to get on some tracks and nearly got a shot at a, a pretty decent buck, uh, muley. And uh, if it weren't for he and I split up, he made his way up higher up the mountain, and we were like, going parallel with each other he was at a higher elevation i was down lower um he's just like make sure you're checking these spots that he he pointed out um make sure you're checking these spots because deer like to hold up in this area and you know just be looking for tracks and all that and then just head straight this way and then once you get to this fence uh turn left and follow that up and i'll be up there waiting for you and we'll go further back into this public piece and uh so i find set of tracks another set of tracks look like doe tracks and i'm following them for a little bit and then eventually another set of tracks joins them and it's a bigger set of tracks and i'm assuming it's a buck but i'm also like not super familiar with mule deer track size so i'm like well is this a mule deer doe with two fawns or younger you know mule deer does or something or is this actually a buck with two does like, I'm just going to follow it because these are the only fresh tracks I've seen so far. So I start making my way up this draw and they're headed straight up the gut of this draw going up the mountain. And, uh, they just, they're headed straight that way. And I'm just following the tracks. And right as I'm thinking, you know, I should probably keep my head up on a swivel here because there's a good chance I could run into these deer soon. I don't want to get busted. I took like five more steps and I look up and I see something <laughs> that looks kind of deery pull my binos up and there's two does and a buck looking back at me about 150 yards out. And I was like, crap, I just busted myself. I should have stopped and been looking. Um, but they're just looking back at me, not exactly sure what was going on, what I was. I think it was maybe just the one doe that saw me and maybe alerted the other two. Cause there was one doe that was like pacing back and forth stomping. And yeah, the doe and the other doe and the buck were just looking back my direction, trying not to move, decide what to do. Um, and I tried, I'm like starting to pull my rifle off my shoulder and get to where, like, all right, where can I get set up quickly to get a shot? Cause I need a relatively steady shot at this distance. And uh, right as I'm doing that, pow, there's a gunshot that rings out in the mm -hmm. valley and deer just start flying all over the place. Deer that I didn't even see is <laughs> in this draw, just bouncing all over the place. And then they start taking off, off the, the right side up the draw and I'm like trying to run up to this one log to get ready, get, get the rifle pulled up. And then I pull up like, Oh no, that's a doe. Oh no, that's a doe. And then I finally about get up onto him and he takes off and they all bounce up off, oh. you know, and they, they're gone. And it turns out it was the buddy I was with had got on another set of tracks and it was following it down, them down the draw. And he was up on the side and he shot across the ravine at a different buck and it spooked the whole group of them. And I didn't even see him or there were them until they, I heard the shot. But that was a ton of fun. 
Did he um, get it? Did he get that ball? No, he just missed. Oh, it's about a hundred fifty yard shot at, and the he said the buck was running, and uh, he shot right in front of it, and like the buck like turned to turned like away from him right as he shot. So instead of like the bullet like meeting with him, it basically went like right in front of him, and he stopped. He said like he planted his feet and then like like back backpedaled. And like went back into these these trees, so he thought he smoked him. Um, but we found where the bullet hit, and it was you know stuff sprayed up everywhere, and there was no blood or hair or nothing. Damn. So, but that was a that was a really fun day, and that got me you know the bug of you know tracking you know bit me pretty good there. So I wanted to do it uh, some more. So I, I decided to give it a try during the muzzleloader season, you know here, and that's when I saw that buck and. Um, doing that so that was a lot of fun because uh i'd never done that before and just something different yeah that's what i i'm gonna try a little bit more there was a some people doing this last weekend just with their bow and i was like man i don't have the patience for that yeah that would be tough yeah it's real tough uh especially in some like um, row pines and all that i mean Mm -hmm. you can see for far away but they can see you for far away yeah but uh i definitely want to start learning how to like you know, I can cut a track pretty well, I, I think, but like, I want to be able to like, you to like, okay, how fresh is this track? Like, I don't have that right. ability. So like, I want to, like some people can like look at a track and go, yeah, that's a three and a half, four and a half. Like I can, mm-hmm. if I see a big track, I'm like, okay, this is a big fucking right. deer. Right. Like, but I want to, I want to learn a little bit more on that track. And I think that'd mm-hmm. be a really good, good skill to, to learn. And you know, it, it's, it's, really fun because i've done it like on gun season but never been successful or mm-hmm. even got an opportunity to pull up a gun or anything but it's it's fun just to just all right just go find tracks and just keep on well, all right found some let's just follow them and all that so yeah it's it's kind of a low stress way of hunting because right. you're not like oh i have to be in this this one spot at the right time it's got to be the right perfect wind and you know and they got to come in and do just this it's i'm just gonna go out and so I try to try to cut tracks and see what happens yeah. and it's it's all yeah i don't want to try to do it some more this year um because a buddy of mine his family grew up that's all they way that's the only way they hunt like up north uh in the up quite a bit they did it and and even some of the northern parts of the lower peninsula um but uh long story but like he kind of got like growing up doing that he kind of got turned off the way that some of the ways they did stuff and so he doesn't really do that with them anymore but he still likes that style of hunting um so he and i are talking about going up north maybe during gun season and doing that a little bit this year that's sweet i mean i think that's i think it's gonna be a lot funner than just like all right hopefully i see one right oh nothing and then you're just like uh, that way you can just go and just and if you don't see nothing about well i covered my ground so right. like yeah it is what it is yeah you know when you're doing that are you like real cautious of the wind or anything kind of or kind of just... i try to pay attention to what it's doing for sure um but i'm not like I said super experienced with it so you know like, I don't know how critical it is right. to pay attention. Obviously, it's always critical to pay attention to your wind, but, like, how do you decide, well, if my wind is going the direction of these tracks, 
do I keep going or do I have, you know, try to cut off somewhere else and go where and cut into the tracks where I think they're maybe going and try to pick them up again just to avoid my wind going down that way? Or do you just play a chance and just keep following them and see what happens? Because they might not be directly down with you. They could have turned off somewhere where, you know, they're not going to smell you at all. So um, I think for now, the time being, you know, if I do it some more, I'm... I'm always going to pay attention to it, but I don't think it's going to keep me from like pursuing a track that I think is a good track. And I'm just going to see what happens and try to learn from whatever happens. Right. Right. That's sweet. Yeah. So what, what weeks are you looking forward to the most coming up here? I mean, honestly, all the bow season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I love bow season. I, I'm not afraid of early October, the October lull, like a lot of people are, are afraid of, oh, you know, it's going to happen. We're not going to see deer. It's going to be so hard to get on them, and it's not even worth going out. I don't listen to any of that. I love hunting all of October, and, you know, I don't really have many issues not getting on deer, like at least seeing deer. Um at least since I've gotten some, you know, good properties, I've gotten better at hunting state land and things like that. So I, it doesn't keep me from, you know, not hunting in October because I just love bow season. I love the weather. I love the season that you like being able to experience the, the weather changing, getting colder, all that. Um, and I just love watching deer this time of year too, like in watching the progression and the lead up to, to rut. Um, and of course I'm excited for rut. Like that's always an awesome time to be in the woods. And, right. Um, actually second weekend of November, it's going to be a long weekend. I'm going to be going out to Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. Uh, my fa- my, my family and I are going to be going out cause we have friends out there and, uh, uh, my buddy, he and I, we talk hunting all the time and, but we've never gotten a chance to actually hunt together. We've, tried to make it happen in the past just hasn't and i was finally just like we're making it happen this year even if i gotta come to you we're just gonna because he always wants to like let's go to ohio let's go somewhere together and that's great but it's just hard to coordinate that um with his schedule and my schedule so i'm just like i'm just gonna come to you and i'll hunt state land around you and you can you know hunt whatever like we just need to hunt together for a few days and my our wives are super close friend they friends they went to college together that's how we all met um, like, and, uh, their oldest son is about the same age as our, uh, second oldest, our daughter. So in, and, uh, you know, her family and their family out there are super generous to like, let us stay at like her parents' house and everything. So, um, and we like going out there, we go out to visit them, um, at least one, you know, well, we try to like vacation or visit each other at least once a year. Usually it's us going out there because we're like going out there. They've got horses, they've got chickens, they've got land. It's a really quiet country area. It's just super relaxing. Um, and he's got some pretty good deer in the area. Um, better, I would say a better average like age class structure of bucks out there where he's at than uh, we have around here. Uh-huh. So I'm pretty excited to be going out there during rut and just see what happens. Um he says I can hunt like his private land spots if I want to. And, you know, I might do that some, um, but there's also some public land spots that I could go hunt that aren't too far away. And I, 
I kind of want to give Pennsylvania public land a try. It's a lot different than what we got here as far as the topography and things like that, you know, hill country and all that. So uh, that's a trip I'm really looking forward to. Uh, on that, I mean, what like what part is it? Rolling Hills, Pennsylvania, or is it more? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of a mix. It's uh, it's southern uh, PA, so not quite as rugged, I think, as like the northern part, um, but still like compared to here, really hilly. Um, so, but there's like you know you have like these flatter kind of plateau areas in the mountains where you'll have towns and a little bit flat enough areas for like some farming and stuff like that um and then that's just kind of surrounded by like hill country so you have these little pockets of towns and like flat enough areas to get a little bit of farming in so like what he hunts is like on a lot of his private land is like farms and stuff like that and then all of his uh like state land stuff or the public land stuff that he does is like rolling hills stuff in like a couple of mountain areas. And, uh, he got onto, he got a pretty decent buck on state land out there last year. Um, I think it was about 117 inch eight point. Oh, wow. Got a really clean, typical, just a great example of a white tail buck in my opinion. And, uh, he shot some other, you know, deer in that size class, some a little bit bigger. And he's got a really, really nice eight point on camera consistently this year um that he's like trying to go after but he says a lot of his neighbors know about the same deer <laughs> so he's uh just hoping that he can get a crack at him yeah. there's a mother good deer in the area and actually he's been showing me pictures of uh Buxy he's got on the state land out there and um some of them are pretty impressive deer wow i mean what's your strategy on of that going down there you kind of just get a you know, like have you e-scouted it a little bit? Yeah, or? I've been doing some e-scouting. I've got uh, a variety of spots marked. Um, so I'll probably go over those with him. Have him like, what do you think about this spot based on, you know, what you know about hunting hill country, things like that. I haven't done that with him yet. Um, so we'll, I've, I've got some spots marked. It's only going to be a long weekend, so it's not like, you know, I I think I have maybe five or six spots that I think would be good um, for like state land. But then he said, you know, if I want to have some, you know, sit on some of his private land spots, that you know we could do that. Which we might do that some too, because it's closer to the house and you know, so for being close by and hanging out with the families, right. we might do some of that too. But um, if I do end up striking out on the state land, I've got at least enough spots to get me through the weekend especially if like he looks at them he thinks they look good or if he's familiar with the area but he hunts the spots that i've been marking um isn't where he hunts a lot he kind of covers another area so i might start marking some spots over by him too if we want to like ride over there together and things like that but where he's been doing his scouting he's like said got good bucks on camera so it's just gonna be fun. We're just gonna kind of play it by ear, I think. Yeah. And what part of uh, what's the time frame you're going down there? Uh, that'll be the second weekend of November. Okay. Oh. So I can't remember the dates. We don't have like the official dates, but that's basically the the weekend, like long weekend. Either gonna be a little bit longer on the front end or on the back end of the weekend. Yeah. So 
this should be maybe the Endera, or it could be. Yeah, like uh, I still expect there to be rut activity because I mean, even around here, I see rut activity up until um, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, yeah. You know, depending on the area and how much you know pressure and just stuff in general. I mean, the buck I killed in twenty twenty, uh, that was. Uh, November 22nd or 23rd. It was a week of Thanksgiving. Um, and he, there was a hot doe in the area. And there I saw a lot of bucks that day. And he was trying to breed with this doe when I shot him. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was it's like... The way it was like hunt- Yeah, <laughs> right. But it was like... It was like an all-day thing. It was... There was movement all day long. I killed him at like two o'clock in the afternoon something like that i sat i went out there in the morning and i just couldn't leave because i just kept seeing deer moving and i saw some good bucks and um saw him once earlier in the day and then uh and this doe ended up bringing him out under the edge of this field and he was trying to mount her and (laughs) (laughs) i ended up shooting him um so you know maybe that's just one experience but I, you know, from what I've heard from other guys too, you can see that kind of activity in pockets well into late November. Right. So, yeah, I think, and even if it isn't, you know, peak of the rut, you know, what everybody hopes for kind of thing, um, I still expect the hunting to be good. And really, it's just about him and I being able to hunt together finally. Yeah. So you'll probably be passing a lot of Ohio- people going from Pennsylvania to Ohio. Right. But, yeah. You're back there. So. Yeah, they're he's they're not too far from Ohio. They're southeast Pennsylvania, so um, he knows some people that hunts Ohio. He has a connection down there that he could maybe get a chance to hunt there at some point. Um, he also goes to New Jersey. He's got family out there, um, and he usually goes out there once a year, maybe twice a year, um, and they've got pretty hunting, good hunting out there too. I, I I don't think I've known anybody that ever hunted in New Jersey. There's a lot of good bucks in New Jersey, okay, and a ton of deer. But people don't think of it as like a great hunting state. Yeah. But it's that's probably you know one of the reasons why. Mm. And I think it's there's like where he's at. There's not a lot of state land, and it's right. a lot of private, and the parcels and stuff aren't real big, so you don't have room to roam right. and stuff. Um, probably a lot of urban, you know, the yeah. urban hunting stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause they, uh, cause the, what they do out there is you got to earn a buck tag. So I think you have to shoot one or two does before you can get your buck tag because that's how many deer they have and how bad they need to get the population thinned out. So you got to earn your buck tag. Damn. Could you imagine if we implemented that here? Like how many people would lose their mind? Yeah. That would be rough. Yeah. I mean, in some areas, we do need the does thinned out. Right. Like, cause there's, there's so many of them like, you know, down in the Southern part of the state. Um, but I can't see them ever doing no. that. Like, that would, that would probably get too much backlash. I think they need to change the opening day of gun, man. It's getting rid- like, cause I understand the 15th was always there, but like mm-hmm. it's like on a Wednesday this week or something like yeah, this year or something. Tuesday, maybe. Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday. No, it was Tuesday last year, I think. I can't remember, yeah. but it's like getting to a point like it's like fuck, man. I gotta like. I know it's it's like really bad for work and all that. Yeah, and, I 
I guess I'm a little bit spoiled in that because I'm self-employed. Yeah. <laughs> so I can I can take it off if I need to, but I totally get it. Like, because I was I haven't always been self-employed, and getting opening day off is not always easy. Right. When there's a lot of work going on, and um, so I yeah I get the idea, and I really wouldn't be that bothered if they changed it to like the second Saturday of yeah. November or something like that. Yeah. yeah. If they did change it, please don't change it towards the like. No, the, like, no. Like, if anything, push it back a little bit more yeah. and uh, get the bow hunting uh, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't have a fucking gun hunt in the middle of peak no. rut. That'd be no, no. I mean, we already allow crossbow, so I mean, if you want. Yeah, I had a conversation with a buddy about that today. Oh really? <laughs> because he he's uh, you know just getting it so it's the buddy i took out and got him a doe on early uh or during the early doe season his yeah. first deer and everything and so he's wanting to learn about you know bow hunting and getting into that too and he uh, we're he's been working with me a little bit and uh so he was he made a comment about crossbows and i'm like careful what you say man that's a controversial subject for yeah. some people and i i went into like all the ins and outs of like why it's controversial and the and the the two sides of um you know the two arguments for and against them right. um but yeah i would have preferred personally that they uh stay limited to dis disabled and like maybe seniors something yeah. like that yeah uh, age structure or i think there should be like an age like 18 and below you know for kids sure. yeah and then um and then, I don't know. Man. 55 or 60 I was going to say, I, w- I was going to say like, I was going to say 50, but I think 55 is a good number. Yeah, I'd say 55 and up. Um, I don't know. That, that's that, just I know. my the, opinion. The, there's going to be a lot of We could talk all night about that whole subject, yeah. but yeah, that's kind of where I'm, I'm at with that. It's going to probably never happen no. though with no. as established as the crossbow industry is now and how like they're never gonna allow it to to revert back i just don't understand i understand there's some higher end crossbows but like some of these crossbows that you can get like are like 350 for the whole package like 400 bucks like man i couldn't even my my arrows are more i know yeah mine too (laughs) like like uh, i'm like gosh dang like it's it's a hard to like argue with like the finance side, I understand if you don't have a lot of money, like crossbow is great because it's just like yeah. But then there's also guys who are looking at oh yeah oh, that ten point or the raven is three grand and they're seriously con- or four grand for like the whole package. Nah. And they're seriously considering buying it. I'm like that's twice as much as you could get for a brand new bow with right. like a decent setup. Maybe not with arrows yeah. like like really good quality arrows, and but it could be giving people false confidence. Oh, it's a hundred yard grouping. At yeah. One that's the one of the things that I was talking to him about. I'm like, you know, their advertising is a little misleading saying, yeah. Oh, we can shoot rifle like groups at a hundred yards. It's like, yeah, it may be capable of that level of accuracy. Doesn't mean that it's a good idea to shoot a deer at that no. distance or any kind of, you know, yeah. big game. Um, and I went into some of the details as to why that is, you know, like, even though it's fast, that flight time, mm-hmm. they, those animals can move a lot. The wind can move, affect it a ton. Yeah. And you, uh, 
all kinds of variables and it's just not good practice yeah. to to do that i mean yeah i guess some people shoot compounds and stuff like that at 100 yards especially like out west where you get longer distance shots bigger animals things like that and there's guys who are really good shots and they can make those shots and you know like as far as ethics go i think if you're confident at the distance that you're shooting at then you know ethically ethics are somewhat of a personal thing where it's like if you're shooting within the means that you know you're capable of then okay obviously understanding things like animals can move and all that but to advertise that to like the average hunter yeah you know rifle life groups at 100 yards then people like oh then i can shoot 100 yards yeah without understanding like maybe i'm stereotyping a little bit too much here but i would say that the average crossbow hunter going into like getting a crossbow they don't have any archery experience so they don't understand all the ins and outs right. of like the risks of certain like taking shots in certain situations with archery equipment right. even if it is a crossbow that's 500 feet a second yeah and some of them people like like yeah they shoot it they sight it in and then they just put it in and then take it out of the case and then like did you really practice after that? Like, yeah. are you taking your time and like, no. And then you pull it out the following year and you shoot it two, three times. You're like, All right, I'm on. So you just take yeah. it back out. Like, whoa. Did, like, yeah, well, it's kind of, it's the same thing with, you know, guns. A lot of guys do that with their guns. Yeah. Like they, they shoot it a couple times before a season. All right, it's on. It's good. And then you go out and like, yeah, it's on. But have you been practicing with right. it? Like, have you been practicing shooting it offhand, less than ideal, shooting position, yeah, stuff not. like that? I even need to get better at that with, like, guns. Right. You know, that's why I usually only take shots that I feel really stable right. and confident in, you know, shooting. Because I know I don't practice enough with guns to make a 150-yard offhand shot. Right. Um, so, I mean... And and on them crossbows that shoot to five hundred feet per second, I think they said the string life on them. I wanna, I wanna say two hundred to like four hundred shots. Yeah, it, it's it's not very good. I'm like, what? <laughs> I wouldn't want to have to be replacing strings that often. No, and I can imagine the limbs exploding on a fucking. Well, the number of of guys I know that have had issues with crossbow limbs cracking and breaking. Is just like, why do guys even trust them anymore? No, yeah. Um, and then, like I was saying earlier about how it's cheap to get in there. Do you really want something that cheap right in front right. of your face? But <laughs> I the the things kind of scare me to be honest. Yeah, like uh, something about walking a lot out around with 150 pounds of draw weight cocked and all that tension in that system while you're just walking around with it scares me more than walking around yeah. with a gun yeah, yeah to be honest like something something nicks that string as huh. you're walking around and the thing just explodes and sends a bolt into your foot yeah you know or just carbon everywhere carbon that, everywhere yeah. Yeah. yeah at least with a gun if it malfunctions hopefully it's just pointing straight towards the ground or right something. yeah it's just going right there but i i had a, a buddy that goes in the or he works in a shop and uh he says, you'd be surprised how many times people, you know, put their crossbow away, open it up, and the next year 
and then take a couple shots and it blows up and all that. Mm -hmm. And he says, they just come in like, Hey, can you fix this? Like <laughs> the limbs exploded and all that, mm -hmm. but it just like, or there, or people will leave it loaded with the tension on the limbs yeah, and just let it there like for like weeks, you know what I mean? Not good. It's like, Oh my God, that's so much weight on them limbs. Like, yeah. No, there's just a lot of, I mean, I guess like anything, any kind of, hunting equipment you gotta understand how to use it maintain it store it and all that right um but again just going back i think just from like an archery standpoint i don't think it really is true archery equipment so i think it has a very limited place in the archery season yeah um and probably shouldn't be open to just anybody and everybody but damn you just got Send, send the hate mail to joe at email.com <laughs> no i mean like like and in a sense for me i want everybody to go out in the outdoors and if that's what's going to get you on the outdoors sure go for it whatever yeah but i think people should do their due diligence and just like you know respect these animals take ethical shots and you know do your best to you know, if you, if that's the only means, like you only have a crossbow, you only can afford a crossbow or whatever, do the best of your abilities with that, that equipment, make sure your precision, make mm -hmm. sure everything like, just don't take the easy route. Cause it's no like a gun. Yeah. So no, I agree. If you're, you know, like I said, maintaining it properly, practicing yeah. with it, understanding its limitations, like that's all cool and fine. Like I'm not gonna, you know, judge somebody and right. tell them they're bad for using a crossbow right. but you know just from a I, not legal but i guess uh moral no not moral but just like regulations yeah. standpoint and like what archery season is kind of intended to be or was originally intended to be it just kind of doesn't align with it right. i think um but I mean, we're the few states that allow it during archery, right? I mean, I don't know. Um, I think Wisconsin you can, but I know, like, I don't think. I don't know. I, mean, I guess I'm not too familiar. Oh. I feel like there's quite a few states now that allow it. I know Missouri does. Um, I really maybe Iowa. I think Iowa is during firearm only. Maybe. Maybe I, maybe that yeah, that sounds about right. I'd be fine with that. Right. Yeah. If you want to use it during firearm. Right, yeah. I that mean, you should, you should, should be able to use any weapon during firearm. Yeah. Um But oh, I think there was a podcast you were doing somebody with somebody recently where they don't allow you to go down in weapon during firearm. It's like you can't use a bow during gun season or something. Yeah, that was yeah, Trevor from yeah, yeah, yeah. Outdoor Drive. Yep. And he's like That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make no sense. It's crazy. I it's so, some regulations are just like really mm -hmm. that's really how we have to we have to do it. But it's just like it's it's funny like and he was talking to like you can bait on public or private, but you can't bait on public like that, That's that, that really doesn't make any sense. It's like it's not going to stop CWD or whatever you're <laughs> trying to counter because like, it doesn't matter where if it's even on the moon or whatever, they're going to get it wherever they Yeah. So, yeah, it's just like, and like some things you just say, oh, what, what can you do? You know, mm -hmm. you can try to go to a, whatever DNR meeting or whatever, they're not going to change 
probably. More than likely they're not, no. no. But. Well, is there anything you want to talk about Lumipin? I mean, I know you can. Uh, not a lot going on. I do still have a new product in the works that I've been working on way too long now, and I've just been so busy with other things that I haven't gotten around to finishing it. Um, it's nothing groundbreaking, just another, you know, type of accessory that we're going to start offering. Um, it's getting close to like final production and things like that, but it's just kind of a time thing at this point. Um, I, I'd like to get it done and ready, um, before, uh, our tournament season starts. Cause I think it's probably going to be geared more towards like tournament archers wanting it. There's some hunters who may want it, but um, at this point, I got so much other stuff going on that I probably can't have it ready any reasonable amount time soon for anybody who's going to want it for hunting season. So, right. um, yeah, I'll try to get it wrapped up here soon and um, start getting packaging and everything figured out, and uh, you know, getting it ready for you know December, late December for people wanting to start to prep for, for the indoor season and stuff like that. So sweet yeah yeah man the your lights i just put mine well i had uh the ultra view so mm -hmm. i had that internal one and then i switched uh sites and i've been running yours and it's been running flawless even mine's gen one so uh, yeah God, i want to say i bought that maybe four years four years ago i think four years ago yeah maybe three and it's going strong it's still going i mean it's, it's still good. kicking in there man i need to upgrade to a mini one of these days but yeah it's, it's just like when you have something that works it works i don't know like, I, like, I don't blame you yeah they the old ones they still work yeah. great um i mean i still get every now and then uh one that comes in for a warranty and i still honor the warranty on those even though they're discontinued and i'll, I'll repair them um or if i can't repair them they're unrepairable and I think it's a problem with the light. I'll give you know people a credit towards a the new mini model. Sweet. So, what's your warranty on your minis and all that? Like, uh, basically the same. Um, basically lifetime warranty on any uh, defects that we feel that is a you know a manufacturing defect or an issue with the light. Um, if you break it yourself yeah it's obviously that you, obvious that you broke it if it seems like an honest mistake or something like that i i'll still you know help people out usually but if it seems like something where somebody clearly did something they shouldn't have yeah. been doing it's like well you're gonna have to buy a new cable right. you know and that's just kind of is, is that mostly the, the cables that always go yeah out? like uh the, that, the prong or whatever breaking off or i haven't had that happen it's okay. more like people like doing stuff to to bend or manipulate the head like they're trying to get it lay a certain way and they end up like torquing the wires and pulling the wire and connections apart at the bulb or um, something like that. That's okay. like the more common thing that happens. Um, but, and every now and then, um, like we might have like a, one issue that happens sometimes is like, uh, like if batteries aren't any good, they'll get this little uh, buildup of white film on them and it'll get on all the battery contacts and it'll stop working and guys will think the light's bad. So we'll get it back. And I just clean the contacts off and I put fresh batteries in and it 
works fine. Oh. You know, so we get a lot of those back, but I just send them back. I clean them up, send them back with fresh mm-hmm. batteries. And What do you recommend to clean it with? Just rubbing alcohol? Or uh, I use like a, a Scratch-Bright pad. Oh, okay. it's, got, it's kind of a tough little film that gets on it from um, this powder from these lithium batteries that can come off if they're bad. So I use a Scotch-Brite pad just to, to clean that off the surface, and that's it. And you usually get to be working back to normal pretty easily. So, yeah. Sweet, man. I, I mean, for the price, they're they're awesome lights. Like and I told you earlier, I've used the Zebros one, and that one's like 130 or whatever. It wasn't bright enough for me. I couldn't get the brightness I wanted out of there and and then all that. So for your guys' package, for your price point, they, they work great. And like I said, if it turns on when you need it to. So it's, yeah. It's, well, no, we're glad that, you know, people are finding good use out of them and finding that they're a good product. And we're, you know, trying to offer it at a affordable price for, for people and, you know, just offer a simple product that doesn't cost an arm and a leg and happy that people enjoy it and right. find good use of it and and like sometimes like like yeah you like sometimes like you were saying that a lot of people want rechargeable but sometimes mm-hmm. i'm like dude i don't you know i don't want it. like i if if it goes dead i just bam changing out batteries yeah you know I'm, what I mean? I'm that way too uh even like i like i carry a flashlight like every day and stuff like that and like a lot of guys run rechargeable for like everyday flashlight carry and i still run just a regular um you know change out the battery non-rechargeable because like you said and i keep batteries stashed in my vehicles i keep them you know all over the house in my work uh work toolboxes and stuff like that and you know light goes out five seconds later i'm back to a fresh battery right so I just prefer it. I get that there's some benefit, like uh, having to keep buying batteries and yeah. stuff like that. That is nice just to be able to plug it in, but you got to remember to plug it in. Right. And well, most of the time when you run out, where are you? You're out. Or you're exactly. Out. Yeah, you're out on the 3D course. Yeah. Or if you're like, say it's for a light, you're out on the 3D course, yeah. or you're out in the woods, yeah. or yeah, you're traveling up to bow camp and it got clicked on inside your bow case and yeah. you show up and it's it's dead. You yeah. know. Yeah, it's, but yeah, kind of like, oh my God, price of batteries is just insane right now. I can't believe it. It's like, yeah. like some of the, I bought a battery for my quad and it was like 140 bucks. I couldn't even believe it. Jeez. I was like, God, it's nuts. I appreciate you coming back on, man. It's yeah. been, you, we chat like almost every, you know, every couple of days and all that. Mm-hmm. And then you send me some pictures of some studs. So yeah, thanks, thanks. thanks for having me. It's fun. I always, I love talking deer hunting yeah yeah for sure man but uh if anybody wants to check out uh your lights or what you have going on what's the best way they can see or find you uh our website illumapen.com uh we have a facebook page and an instagram i don't post a lot on instagram especially right now i'm just you know busy with (laughs) stuff but it's there and uh but yeah the the website illumapen.com that's the best place to just go in and check out all of our offerings So sweet. Thanks for coming back on, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me.